Welcome to the Rams Writer Podcast. Tight angle, cross to Pearson, Pearson scores! Stephen Pearson scores for Derby County! Wisdom, it's right! For Scythe, heads on goal. It's looping. It's yeah! in! <laughs> it's, it's Craig for Scythe with a looping header at the back post. Sibley shoots across goal. Yeah! He scored! Louis Sibley in the 90th minute. The goal we wanted has come. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Writer podcast. Simon Long here, your host as always. Joining me, I suppose, again, if you like, as always, it's Chris Holt. Chris, good evening, mate. How are we? Good evening, Simon. Thank you so much for inviting me on again. <laughs> You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. A lot to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, our last show. I think we've had four games, uh, a, cup ups- a-, a cup upset, uh, two draws, uh, and an a emphatic, dramatic late win yesterday against Peterborough. Albeit they had 10 men, but... A lot to discuss. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk Louis Sibley. We'll talk um, Lewis Dobbin, Corey Smith, and James Collins. So we'll start though with. I think we should start with the two goalless draws against. I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but we will go over it just just briefly. Hit over it because I think it will run into obviously what we're going to talk about. Um, but the two goalless draws first against Shrewsbury, then against Fleetwood. Forty shots. We had in them games and no goals. Forty shots and no goals. That is—is is that a problem? Early part of the season, Simon. It's it's going to happen to some. I was quite surprised when I saw that uh, Peterborough had banged in thirteen goals already in five. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, we're having forty shots. We'd be more concerned talking this evening if we only had four. Yeah. That's the way you got to look at it. That's and, true. And um, of, of those 40 shots, there's been some um, scrambles off the line. There's been some wonderful saves. Let's not forget that. These aren't shots that are going over the bar mm. or going, you know, uh, you know, the wrong side of the post. These are predominantly on target. So, you know, it, it's coming. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there was there was a, there was a bit of frustration. Um, okay. I, th- I think quite a lot of frustration from some of the fans after, especially I think more after the Fleetwood game. Um, you know, which we dominated for what 70, 80 minutes. Um, just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, we then obviously tr- um, had West Brom come come to Pryor Park earlier this week. Um, was it Carabao Cup? And well, surprise, surprise. Uh, I was quite shocked. Um, we got the victory 1 0. Louis Sibley, of all people, obviously, who we've spoken about an awful lot on this show and probably will continue to do throughout this season. But a one 0 win. It's not necessarily a giant killing, but you know we we seem to be a bit of a bogey team for West Brom. Um, what, what did you make of the cup game? Obviously against the team. And let's be honest, the West Brom team wasn't. It wasn't sort of a, a weakened squad. You know they had a lot of first teamers playing. So whereas our team was quite shocked. Were you? Um, shocked. Wasn't particularly over surprised about the selection. Um. Thought the formation was interesting. Uh, it was like a four-two-three-one. 
Um, the two and the three obviously converge into a five when the backs are against the wall defending. Um, I thought actually it was a really good football match and it just shows that we can also play counter-attacking football yeah. as possession football. And as I've said to you before, Simon, I actually think that in some ways our style of play is better suited counter-attacking than actually um, the pedestrian long possession style football against banks of five, which let's be honest, we have struggled to break down when it's a counter-attacking game and, and the game becomes stretched doing that. We seem to become a force. Yeah, no, I agree. It is. It's, it's one of them. We do look, I, I think when I watched it, especially against Oxford first game of the season, it did look as if we could cause them a lot of problems on the counter, but fitness wise we just didn't have the numbers to sort of cause them any problems but obviously as the season's you know we're, we're now six five six games into the season um you know your fitness levels now are going to be picking up yeah i, I agree i think a counter-attack is something that could work but then again you know liam wants to play on the front foot he wants to attack teams he wants to have possession of the ball um you know and he wants to go in and win every game which you'd expect from a manager but yeah i agree i think the counter-attacking sense you know i think we can you know we scored a few goals last season on the counter um i think obviously the most notable one was uh, Ravel morrison's goal um against was it barnsley no, barnsley was it barnsley yeah barnsley i think that was obviously the most notable one quick slick passing through the through the lines goal and it works because we can play fast football because we've not got anybody sitting behind us, sitting in, as you say, banks of five. It gives us that freedom and that space to to manoeuvre around the pitch and get players where we need them. Um, so that was West Brom. Now, obviously, we move on to Peterborough. Peterborough, who will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. I have no doubts about that. I think you're the same, aren't you, Chris? Yeah, yeah. They'll be in the top six, no doubt. And it's these sort of games that we have to win if we are serious about promotion. You know, there's no there's no bones about it. If you want promotion, you know, you have to beat the top teams, the teams that are going to be battling, battling for it around you. <laughs> we did it eventually. <laughs> Interesting game because I think at half time we we actually had the least amount of possession that we'd had all season. Um, which would suggest that Peterborough sort of dominated the game, but I, it didn't feel like it did. We were the ones creating chances. You know, Sibley had, had a couple of chances, uh, Barkhausen, a couple of chances. But it was that old age adage of, can't put the ball in the net. Second half, we come out, they get, a, you know, Peterborough get a, a man sent off, second book of offence, and then they score. And... And you think, well, this is it. This is this is the way our season's going to go. We cannot put the ball in the back of the net. Um, we're going to lose games. But credit to them. Something that we mentioned uh, last on the last show, set pieces. We don't score from them. We score from two. <laughs> Jason Knight rising like a salmon, heading in from six yards out. Um, three minutes later, and this is what, 88th minute? Three minutes later, four minutes later, Lovely work. Another corner came in, sort of half cleared, punched out. And then it was Dobbin, who was brilliant again. You know, his first 90 minutes, um, I thought he put a brilliant, again, another another brilliant performance. Um, great footwork, great skill in around the back. Square ball, McGoldrick. You know, McGoldrick's not going to miss from eight yards out. That's something you know he is going to score your goals. The Rams win 2-1. <laughs> but had that not happened, we'd be having a very different conversation here. Don't you think? Yeah, interesting with Dobbin because he showed his versatility again. Um, 
against, I'm trying to think, away at Fleetwood. Mm. He played on the right-hand side. Yes. And predominantly used his right foot and was very, very active and very comfortable on the ball. Mm. Uh, again, with West Brom. Yet, against Peterborough, he, the goal came from the left. Yeah. Um, did a bit of skill to get the ball away from the defenders to the byline. Brought it back on his left foot beautifully. And a classic finish from a player who understands what it takes to put the ball in the back of the net. You don't have to take the leather off the ball. You don't have to put it in the top corner. Mm. You have a good stance. You wait for the ball to come onto your foot, in step of the foot, sees the keeper away from, uh, well, the, the keeper's near post and, and finishes it central to far post. Good goal, great finish. And again, it, it just shows that we have the tenacity, we have the belief. Mm. At the start of the game, I thought that Peterborough had done some really good work on us and obviously had done some research on us because they made our back four yeah. nervous. And Wildsmith, let's be honest, looked very nervous. And and I was quite surprised Jack Marriott didn't bury that finish in the first five minutes. Yeah, that was... Straight to him. Yeah, that was... Very surprised. Yeah, you normally, you, you, well, especially with the form he's been in, you know, he's been scoring goals again this season. We know in this league, he is a very good striker. We know, well, even, even in the championship, we know when he's when he's on it, he is on it and he will put any chance, you know, most chances away, that even half chances, he'll put 90, well, I'd say about 78% of them away as well. And yeah, it was a bit, again, like you say, it was nerves, you know, they... We're we're playing out from the back. Liam wants to play out, play out from the back. That's fine. That's you know that's the way he wants to play. That's the way football seems ultimately seems to be going, playing out from the back. Um, and obviously Wildsmith's got the poor edge of his box. I think he's the pass wasn't on. That that's what that's what grated me is from from the angle that you you know that, that you saw it and then I watched the highlights again today and then I got a bit of a different a, a sort of behind the goal view on the Rams TV sort of highlights. And you're looking and everyone's covered. There's no short ball available. The only ball on was a slightly longer one up to about the halfway line to Conor Horihan. That was the only space that there was. And he just, like you said, it, it was like he was nervous. And he sort of went, well, I've got no easy pass on here. What what do I do? And obviously passed it straight to Mario Itt first time. And luckily for us, it, it sailed over the bar. But I think that woke us up a little bit. You know, we start, I, I think for all... Peterborough's possession, I think we, you know, they didn't really create anything, anything of any any note really, especially in the first half. Even in the second half, I don't think they didn't even really create in the second half apart from the goal. And oddly enough, obviously the goal came after, you know, they went down to 10 men. We just sort of switched off. It was it was almost as if we didn't know what there was a there was like a 10-minute spell where we went, well, they've got 10 men, what do we do? Is is that something that gets coached? And do you think they ever have sort of scenarios where they go, right? This is what we'll do if if, if the other team goes down to ten men. Yeah, you do. We we used to do it when I used to coach at the academy, uh, the girls especially. We'd always play overlaps. Mm. Always play six against five, four against two, nine against seven, eleven against ten. It, it, it's it's a common practice uh, in coaching. I think one of the main problems was we went really really narrow. Mm. And I, and I think that's why Hayden Roberts came off. Yeah, I was going. I was going to say Ro- that that was a tactical change at half time, weren't it, to bring Forsyth on for Roberts? He he just he. I understand his frustration. He's a natural centre half. Mm. He's being asked to play at left back, which is not necessarily out of his comfort zone, but he's not his preferred choice of, of position. 
Yeah. But I just think he's now becoming a little bit stretched in that position. Um, I thought Peterborough targeted him. I thought they were they got to him. I thought it was the right thing to do to take him off. Um, Fozzy, I thought when he came on was 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 outstanding. Um, he's just got that experience and knowledge, and and he, he knows what it takes to to create width when needed. Um, I thought Corey Smith changed the game as well. To be honest, we've been I've been quite critical of him this last podcast or two by saying that I'm not convinced that his fitness is there. But I thought when he came on, he actually changed the game and actually woke Max Bird up because yeah. Max at the time was not in the game at all. Yeah, well, he got taken off, didn't he, for for Smith, I believe. Um, but I mean, I, that, interesting you mentioned Corey Smith. I saw a comment uh, on Twitter today um, from Dom T seven seven. Um, of course, McGoldrick made a huge difference. He thinks five seconds ahead of most players at this level. But Corey Smith from Max Bird drove us 10 yards further up the pitch, passed the ball forward at every single opportunity, something we've lacked uh, from midfield. And uh, he does have a point because, uh, you know, Max Bird seemingly seems to be, I suppose, a little bit untouchable, I think, in that holding midfielder role. Um, you know, he's always there willing to get the ball off the back four. But maybe you, you do just wonder sometimes when we're in situa- situations where we are behind, he needs to be switched on and not just look for that pass that's going to get us, you know, keep a possession, change the angle of attack. He needs to look for that forward pass. And I think Dom Dom there rightly says he's... Corey Smith did that and he came on and he was looking to attack. And let's not forget, Corey Smith naturally is is a is a central defensive midfielder. You know, he's he's that George Thorne. You know, you know, George Thorne had that brilliant ability of winning, you know, being able to win balls back and or straight away get the player, get, you know, get the play in motion. Corey Smith was obviously our replacement for Christian Bielik. And I think I remember at the start of the season before Bielik went, we said, who goes into midfield? If Bielik, if, if Bielik's fit, does Bird go there? Does Bielik go there? Because, you know, Horihan didn't come here to sit on the bench. Horihan came here to play, so he's automatically starting. And it was that argument of who was going to start. Would it be Bielik or would it be Bird? Now it's sort of going to be, is Max Bird's place as a starting, you know, bearing in mind he's the vice captain as well. Is Could his place now be in, you know, a little bit of jeopardy if Corey Smith keeps on doing what he's doing and changing games? I think it's interesting because the formation again was 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Um, I think that Connor... And Max were both coming quite deep at the same time. Mm. And it was giving a little bit of a, a gap between themselves and the likes of Louis was having to come a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, Lewis was having to come a bit deeper. And then Tom, I thought Tom Barkhausen played okay. Um, I think as soon as Corey came on and Max went off, it allowed Connor Horihan to actually sort of push forward a bit more. And it made it more of a, a four-five-one, yeah, in a sense, and you could see them slight tweaks that sort of actually it took time to understand it because obviously Peter scored first, yeah, if you remember from it, and it and let's be honest, it was it was very poor defending, and I think yeah. those mistakes we have to cut out quite quickly. Well, it, again, it came from a set piece, didn't it? You know, set piece half-headed cleared by Knight, and then. Looking at it again, it goes back out wide, and he, I think it was Burrows the guy who crossed it in. He took on two. I don't. I didn't quite see. I don't know. He took. I can't remember top middle. He took on, but he puts in a, a ball. It gets flicked on, and you look, and there's a line. 
You've got Cashian, Stearman, um, and Bird covering the back post. Fozzie's around about a penalty spot, but I'm accepting that because he's in the middle already from heading, heading away the corner. Um, and you're thinking the ball comes across, there's a little flick. Wildsmith is flat-footed. You know, he's he's either not expecting the flick or he's too deep, he, he's sat too far back close to his line when the original when the cross is coming in. But the flick comes on, he's flat-footed, it floats over his head and either Bird's not switched on and he's not noticed the man behind him or he's just been, you know, he, he just basically gets out-muscled. Um, but yeah, there was, I'm sure Liam won't be happy with the goal defensively-wise. No, I think it will be a focal point of of the discussions probably that were had uh, today or or Monday when they go back in. Um, you're right about Wildsmith, and it comes back to what we were saying before about primary areas. Yeah. Is he responsible for the six-yard line on a set play? Is he being asked to stay there? Is he being asked to, to be dominant right up to um, the zonal defence and, 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 and Melly? And get to the cross first. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure he knows yet mm. what is pre- what he prefers to do, what his strength is. Yeah, but I mean, because just, just before that point. as well. Sorry, just before that, there was a that led to the corner that obviously led to the goal. There was a ball that came in, come in around six yard area, and you know the P. I had to come in was at the back now, but the P. player didn't jump to header it, and you're thinking, surely Joe's got a sort of take a check, you know, he's surely he's got to command that. He's got to take, he's got to take that ball out of the air. And he did obviously the same against West Brom, <laughs> which we obviously spoke about with Ed on Radio Derby on Tuesday night, but sorry, Wednesday night. Cross comes in, easily catchable. He's punched it in the air. He's got to be more dominant. You know, yeah, granted, he's, I think he's a good shot stopper, but we saw weaknesses with his feet. Again, if he's not used to playing that, that's something he's got to grow into. We saw the same with Allsop. Luckily at the minute, He's not really costing us any goals, which is, you know, I think had 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 he do, had he been doing that, then there would have been a little bit more pressure on him to perform. But I still think once uh, Anang, obviously the keeper we brought on loan from West Ham, once he's recovered from his broken arm, he will be looking to push Wildsmith for for that number one spot. You're shaking your head there, don't you agree? Yeah, I'd, well, I'd, I'll be amazed if he's back ready to go by November time. You know, said five, it's a, I think it's it's said six small, weeks. Isn't it? Yeah, and then you've got to get match fitness again, haven't you? And you've got to get sharp again. And they've got to test the strength of the arm. Yeah. Because he'd, he'd have done no work on the arm whatsoever. So realistically, six is more like ten. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. My, my, my concern is, and you know how positive I am about the, the team, and I'm, I'm adamant that we, we will win this thing. Um, and we'll come on to that later in the pod. But what we're giving, what we're presenting to other teams in the lower echelons of the league is um, information that they will put on their tapes, that the analysts will look at, and they will show their um, various set play coaches, yeah. the weaknesses that Derby have at the back with Wildsmith's positioning, with back post coverage, with height to an extent. We're not the biggest of teams. No. Um, and your likes of your smaller clubs who will be battling for every point they can get will look upon set plays as a very crucial way of doing that. Mm. And they'll look at this unfortunate well, unfortunate goal for us in our sense, but positive for Peterborough. And they'll look at it as a, as a weakness. And it's yeah. something that we will need to cut out quickly. And 
hopefully over time uh, they they will see it was a, it was a new bat you know it was another different bat four again uh, that was changed at half time so familiarity isn't quite there yet but um, yeah I, I'm with you on Joe I think I think he needs competition I think yeah. any competition is healthy competition mm. and at the moment he solely is the number one and yeah I don't think Scott Loach is going to get anywhere near that shirt anywhere soon no. to be honest I just think he needs a nang back quickly um, and I think I think for his confidence wise it was still a win yeah, yeah. and you, you you can't grumble with that but I think yeah right there's a, there's a further there's a further discussion to have about goalkeepers in general I think once a nang is back we can have this sort of conversation back around Christmas time and yeah. and see who we believe or in our opinion who is the number one and we can ask obviously all the Twitter followers who they prefer. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So, uh, just a quick mention for Jason Knight, got man of the match yesterday. Um, he seems to be really growing into this right-back role and I think the interview after, he said he's he's happy to, you know, he was asked by Liam, would he be happy to cover it right-back and he said, yeah, now you're not convinced, obviously deadline day is around the corner, we'll talk about that a bit more near the end of the show, but um, do you believe he'll be here come is it Wednesday? Deadline day. Do you believe it'll be here still? I know you've been, you've said it. You've said the last couple of weeks. You're not convinced. What about now? He's he's the best League One player. That's a my big opinion. shout. That's I, a I huge think, shout. I think in the current form he's in, and he's been in scintillating form, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. In a position he's not used to, the goals he's he's brought and a, a vital goal. He's made vital tackles. He is throwing himself up and down that line for ninety minutes plus. Mm. To me, he's the best League One player at the moment in that league. Many reasons being his age, his engine, his versatility, mm. his ability in the air. This is not the first goal he's scored. From, from well, the dead ball. Interesting, interestingly enough, his last goal he scored, because I think it was 41 games ago or something daft like that. It's either 31 or 41, I can't remember what it was now. But it was against Bournemouth when we beat him at our place. And how did he score that? I was on the mic. Yes, you were. So we, ne- we, we, we were never going to lose. Because you were on the mic, we were never going to lose, obviously. should have known that. Of course. So yeah, you well, I bet you were. And you knew when Jason Knight rose from, you know, rose from that corner and headed in. Amazing, you know, it's amazing the leap he's actually got on him. He's only a small bloke, isn't he? But he's got a spring in his step. He really has got a spring in his step. It's it's that ability that very few players have to hold in the air as well. Yeah. He, he stays in the air for that extra half a second somehow. Mm. And that ability is, is difficult. And there's only a few players that can do it. He actually leaps very, very early if you watch him. Yeah, yeah. And just stays there with some... Um, you know, going back to the question, Simon, I said I said to you jokingly uh, on the last podcast and also when we were in the studio Radio Derby this week that we need him not to be playing particularly well. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, he's, 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 he's playing fantastic at the moment. And I just think that he's the kind of player that every team wants. Mm-hmm. Mr. Versatile, an engine... I'm sure that he loves Derby through and through, and let's pray and touch wood that he's still here. But yeah. I just have a feeling 
that something daft of an offer is going to come in. I can see someone like a Leicester or an Aston Villa coming in for him. I don't know why. I just think, you know, especially Villa at the minute, they're struggling. Um, and I think I think Gerard is a Gerard type of player, you know, to me with his engine, as you say. Gerard would love him running, running ragged, you know, in, in the Premier League. He would love it. Um, so, yeah, we've got to obviously keep fingers, toes and everything crossed that we can keep hold of him. So, yeah, anyway, that's night. Nice. Moving on to the goal situation or the supposedly hard to score goals, which it feels like. I obviously, you know, when I put this out, I asked for your guys' comments regarding Collins. Do we stick or do we twist? And we got a lot of feedback. We got an awful lot of feedback. Um, first one was uh, from Vicky Vicky B on Twitter. Absolute hundred percent faith in Collins. We have a pattern. We have a pattern of it taking age for our strike to find the net for the first time. But once that goes in, he'll be banging him in left, right, and centre. Um, oh, she also added a bit of another one. Also, it made me smile when Wildsmith caught that first ball of the match yesterday. I thought back to what you said on sports scene about how he, he should be catching rather than parrying. <laughs> um, Andrew Woodman says, should keep faith in Collins. It will come and it will click as long as we continue creating so many opportunities. Proven strikers aren't easy to come by. Another Premier League young striker will be my only, by the only option as backup. Um... Again, Vicky, again, she says, also, sorry, I only just thought of this. If he plays, he'll score eventually. If he doesn't play, then it's 100% not going to score. Fair point. Dan on Twitter says, I think Collins will score goals. Unfortunately, when strikers don't score, it gets noticed. Yep. I'm more worried about the fact he goes large spells without getting involved. Okay, we'll come back to that. If he wasn't scoring, but was holding it up, winning free kicks, etc., it'd be okay, but he's not doing that in a minute. Uh, Chris Hill says on Twitter says, got faith in Collins totally. Um, Sean Hopkins on Facebook says time for Collins to have a rest bring him on as one of the gaffers impact subs take the pressure off him now I know for a fact Sean's a, he's Irish he's a mate of mine from school so he's a big Ireland fan as well so obviously he would have seen him play for Ireland um, uh, Luke Sherwin on Twitter all about pins but I feel Collins is generally busy first half he won loads and was a real focal point at the beating of the centre half the side just didn't come out for the first 25 of the second. He wasn't alone in that poor second half showing. Uh, this has got no name on it from Instagram. <laughs> Works hard, no question, but he needs more balls into the box to be effective, in my opinion. Mark Coote on Twitter says, I'm with... Oh, I go back. We'll, uh, we'll go back to that one, actually. That's that's. A, we'll come back to that comment later on. Um, <laughs> Alex Price on Instagram says, keep faith, puts in a great effort on defence, which can't be overlooked whilst Davis is out. Yeah, I think obviously it means from a corner set pieces, he does do, does do a job. Ben on Instagram says, keep the faith. First couple of games he should have bagged, but last few games he's barely had any service. Uh, Jay Smith on Instagram says, give him time. We did the same at Cardiff and soon as he got his first goal, he was sound. And the last one is from Stan on Instagram. It says, 100%, in my opinion, he's doing the donkey work and that in general is helping to create chances. A lot of opinions there, but mainly keep the faith in Collins. See, my only rebuttal to be that with would be this. Now, it might sound controversial. I know, I'm sorry, but how long do you give a striker? Do you give him six games? Do you give him 10 games, 15 games before ultimately you go, he's not scoring as any goals. That, you know, that for me, at the minute, for me, Collins, I might be a bit harsh, but this team want this team is looking to get promoted. You need your striker scoring. You need him finding the net. I agree with one of the comments there that he said he's had 
he had a bag full of chances in um in the first few games, but he's not really had any in the last couple. I agree with that because I don't think he really has. Especially he didn't have any yesterday. Not clear cut, nothing really to sort of get on. It is a tough one because ultimately, if you take him out of the team now, what does that say to him? He either he either reacts two ways, doesn't he? He either goes, "Well, bollocks this, and I'm not performing anymore," or he goes, "Right, let's suck it up. Let's, let's work harder." What do you think, Chris? What do you think of this whole Collins thing? How long do we give him until he starts scoring? I know you're you're a big sort of advocate in the you know once he once he gets one, he will start banging him in for fun. Where where are you at now? Another game and another another blank for him. I personally don't think Liam will lose faith in him at all. Um, we we said. With along with their doors, I said that you've got to go back to certain strikers and they take time. Stevie Howard was the example I made. Classic example. People were getting frustrated with Stevie. He was getting frustrated with himself and then it just clicked. Um, And I remember his first goal. It was unbelievably scrappy, but it was a goal. I think with James, he was getting quite frustrated on Saturday. And if I remember rightly, isn't that the first time he's been taken off? Yeah, I believe it is. Normally, normally he's a 90-minute man, isn't he? Yeah, so I think that was the first sign that the frustration was getting to the better of him. Mm. He was he was out of the game for a while. The The comment that was made was correct. Yeah. Um, and I think Liam t- took him off not because of his ability or his involvement in the game. I think it was more of his frustration. He saw James getting frustrated. Yeah. As you know, when you get frustrated in doing something, your concentration goes, your level of expectancy rises, which puts more pressure on yourself. And then inevitably, you end up suffering from it. So I think you took him off at the right time. I don't think he will take him out of the team. Ultimately, he's started in all the league games. Mm. We've only lost one of those. And we shouldn't have lost that, let's be honest. No. Um, and he had chances in that game, obviously the Charlton game. Um, so I don't think he'll change the winning ways. He does a lot of the stuff off the ball. This is a guy who is physical, who will be hammering centre-halves throughout the time, giving them a cheeky nudge here and a cheeky elbow there, uh, a knee here, a knee there. He'll be playing off the shoulder, challenging. And, and these these challenges throughout the game wear a centre-half down. Yeah, yeah. And, and inevitably, it gets to a point where They've just had to deal with 60-odd minutes of James Collins. Mm. Then they lose a player. They're down to 10 men. And along comes a fresh David McGoldrick and a revitalised midfield. Yeah, so, yeah. To, to me, he did his job. He he wore down the Peterborough, who I thought were very good, by the way. I thought Peterborough were excellent. Mm. Um, I thought he did his job. And, you know, I don't think there's a time limit on him, to be honest. I think whilst they're still winning and James Collins is contributing in the bigger picture, um, he'll always be looked upon as, but he's here to score goals. Mm. I don't dispute that. But you look at some quality strikers and some quality players throughout the years who never brought in as many goals as Chrissy Martin, classic yeah. example. Started off like a house on fire, hit 20, and then his tallies went down considerably to, to barely double figures. But we always wanted him in the team, didn't we? Because of what he did off yeah. the ball. And I just think that the, they need to give James a little bit of a break. Let him... I don't mean a break as in take him out of the team. The mm. fans just need to stay behind him, keep him focused. He clearly loves 
playing with this style of football. Mm. Obviously, Liam has faith in him. The players have faith in him. So, personally, my vote is keep him in the team. As long as, as, long as we're winning, keep him in the team. Well, if McGoldrick's match fit, does he come on instead? Because, obviously, he, he came on, he made an impact. You know, it was it was his run through the middle um, a, couple, about, about a minute before the goal, the first goal. You know, he picked up the ball halfway line, took on about three Peterborough defenders and then eventually went out for a corner and we had another one scored. If McGoldrick's fit, does does he start over Collins? He has to start, surely. But he's not on number nine, is he? Yeah, I, I get that, but he's, he's putting them away. But then... <sighs> Oh, I, if that is the case, then who who comes out? This I mean, this is it at the minute. I think there's a. I think you said it. To, yeah, you did say it to me. Obviously, Mendes Lang, you know, he was missing. Um, you know, he's had. We've got a. You know, thoughts are with him. Obviously, it looks like he's. You know, he's he's lost a family member recent this week. You know, so our thoughts obviously go out to him, and we wish him all the best. But when he's ready to come back with the performances of Dobbin, um, and I guess simply to to an extent. Does Mendes Lang come straight back in the team? This is it now, I suppose. You you have got these competition for places, you know. And I, Dobbin can play up front. You know, I think they moved him more centrally at the end of the game yesterday, and and it worked. Sibley, another one that obviously we <laughs> we spoke about before. Can he do it for ninety minutes? West Bromwich showed he could yesterday against Peterborough. Showed he could. There is a lot of, I think, obviously, match fitness is now going to be a, a, a key to this. If you're if it, the you know, the fitter you are, the better you are. I think, given a couple of more, couple of more games, Liam seems is going to have a, have a couple of difficult decisions to make about who he chooses to play. You know, obviously, does he does he mix it up for the cup? We've got the AFL Trophy coming up this week. Um, there's a lot of games coming flying at us. You know, so I, I can see a lot of squad rotation coming in. Ultimately, though, who if you if you think about it, who's James Collins got pushing him in for for competition? Well, I, I wouldn't say David McGoldrick. I think I think David McGoldrick will play as a ten. Mm. I don't think David McGoldrick will give you the physical presence that that James Collins does. I think McGoldrick needs the ball to his feet. He does. He's got unbelievable skill for such a big guy. Um, but you're not going to get that skill off him if you're expecting him to chase on the shoulder. James Collins does a lot of chasing. He does a lot of running. Yeah, the ball. Yeah. You won't you won't get that with, with David McGoldrick. Mm. David McGoldrick always looks for pockets of space to receive the ball to feet, any foot, he can play off the left, he can play off the right. So I don't think they're the same position. I think you're right. I think another strike will come in. I still believe that there will be another one come in before uh the end of the transfer window. So I think you I think the interesting dilemma is is the formation he plays. Yeah, yeah. Because I think your, your biggest dilemma has to be the midfield because I think what 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 creates chances is the midfield, is assists. Yeah. And if James Collins is getting 10 assists a game to hit something in, on target, then fair enough. We'd be turning around saying, you know, we are creating chances, but are we creating them directly to a centre-forward? The chances are coming from all over the pitch. But if you're going to play two up top, you've obviously got to take someone out of midfield. If you play one up top, you've got to have a different midfield to what you're playing on the regular. It, 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 do you know what's interesting about Liam Senior is he's not frightened to make a substitution early. Where no, Wayne I, Rooney I, always used to be. Yeah. We'd go 80 minutes or so, wouldn't you? You'd think, why hasn't yeah. I made a sub? 
yeah, Rooney used to be 70 minutes, 80 minutes. You think this is crazy. Liam Racine has made subs at the 50th minute. He's made a lot at the 60th, which is interesting. It's game management, isn't it? Minute, yeah. I, I think what you'll see throughout the season is what you've just said, squad rotation. Mm. But I think you'll also see match rotation. I think in an ideal world, managers, and particularly Liam, is looking for a system where he can ask someone to run themselves into the ground mm. for 60 minutes, them knowing that they're going to come off and yeah. them knowing that they're being replaced by fresh legs, fresh impetus, um, but still play the same way. And yeah. If you can have a if you can have a bench to support that kind of management, which I think Liam is looking to do, mm. you'll never be far off um, the top. And I just think that we need to we we need to just you know this this is what is it game five or is it six that we've played six, six I think it is isn't it now four four to go yeah yeah it, it, it's a six league game um, the bench. Is still very, although it's strong, as in compared to what we had pre-season, it's still not that versatile. So yeah, if yeah. you actually had a look on the bench, if McGoldrick was struggling when he came on, hmm. there's no plan C, if that makes sense. Yeah, if yeah, Dobbin yeah. would have got injured, if hmm. Dobbin would have got injured, let's say, who would have come on for Dobbin? Yeah. And I think this is where we need to look at the bigger picture. Let's not necessarily look at James Collins as the responsibility to be bagging all the goals. Mm. Let's look at the bigger picture on has Liam got the jigsaw puzzle pieces to take out and replace these early substitutions. I don't know what your thoughts are, Simon. Yeah, I mean, that, ultimately, that's it. I think every every week we look at we look at the team the team news that comes out and we look who's playing and it's similar to the week before. But as you've said before, you, you look at that bench and you go, right, who's going to make that difference? Well, McGoldrick could. Um, Corey Smith could. And you think, well, then, then what we've got that can make an impact? You're looking like, like Fozzie, not really. Well, obviously he did, but tactical tactical decision there. Well, well but, let's let's look let's look at the, the bench from the weekend, Simon. So you've got Adoru. What's he? Adoru is a right back. Rooney. So centre back, centre mid. You know, sort of versatile again. Your friend Liam Thompson, not a fan. At his position, midfield. Scott Loach, goalkeeper. Craig Forsyth, left back. Corey Smith, another centre mid. Oh, CD. David McGoldrick, mm, forward. But so ten, this but is yeah. so exactly what you're saying. Mm. The bench needs to be strengthened quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Pull me up on Liam again. That's ridiculous. <laughs> again. I got battered by you and Ed on it on, on Wednesday night. I'm not getting battered by it again. I stick by my point. He might be a brilliant footballer. That's fine. But he doesn't offer you anything. You're not going to go... You don't look at that bench and go, right, so we'll bring Tom on. He's going to make an impact. Because he's not. No, the the, pro- the other problem is you, 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 you talk about bringing the academy through, but the academy's having a real tough time at the moment. It They're is, I agree. Absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. battered. They're getting battered, I think, by Newcastle. They've been battered by Sunderland. Mm. I don't think they've won a game yet. And I, I think they haven't. I don't even think. I think they might have scored one goal. Yeah. Um, well, they've either been brought into the first team or sold on, haven't they? That's it. Yeah. They've either been brought into the so, first team or sold on. So there's nobody in the academy that is full of confidence at the moment mm. that you can throw onto that bench. 
So I think this week is absolutely crucial mm. in the market to get an option. Mendes Lang, obviously bring Mendes Lang into the equation. Yeah. Yes. But again, he's a winger. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're looking at out and out strikers, you've got James Collins. McGoldrick used to be a nine. He's definitely now a ten. Mm. Probably he's always been a ten, to be fair. Ipswich he was a ten. Mm. Um and, Dobbin, and then you're looking, you, Dobbin, you're looking Dobbin, at, Dobbin played up top for, for Everton under Everton under twenty threes. And he obviously didn't have you know, I predicted that Stretton would go out. Yeah, you're went, right. Oh no, no, not Jack Stretton. What happened? Uh, he needs game out. time. He's I, not he's not good enough for this league. I said to you, Luke Plange would struggle and he gets a move to Crystal Palace now. Where is he playing? Second league, second tier in Belgium, second, isn't it? Second division in Belgium. You have to give props is... to Ebio here, though, because he's been involved. He's coming off the bench. So it, 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 I think there's clearly a striker in mind. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be four more players coming to this squad. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm positive. So I'm positive there's got to be four. Yeah, you've answered my next question then. With deadline day coming oh, up, how many, how many do you see us bringing in? What positions? If you want to well, be really, see. really um, <laughs> entertaining, you, give us the names you of who first. you're going to be. So me, I, 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 I'd be quite happy with three. I think we could do with a, right, a left back, sorry, a left back, a right back, um, which obviously releases Knight into midfield again. Strength again, strengthens the midfield, gets somebody else further attacking. Obviously, a striker. We need one, whether it's to replace Collins or whether it's just to give him competition. Because when you know you've got someone looking for your position, your 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 arse gets into gear very quick. And potentially a centre back on loan, even if it's just short term. Now, yes, you're looking at me. You're looking at me going, What? Well, if you look at it. We've got Cashin, we've got Stearman that are both starting. Cashin, for me, irreplaceable. Stearman, on the other hand, I just keep thinking he's having a few shaky moments. And we've got Curtis Davis out injured. Don't know when he's going to be back. We've got James Chester, who's got this niggle that, you know, we hear, oh, it could be next week, and he's still not there. I'm just fearful if we if we lose... If, if safe safe Stearman gets injured, then we have got either Fozzie who can cover there. But again, it's not his natural position. He's not a natural centre-back. We saw him uh, in the COVID season struggle at times, especially with quick players that can turn quick because he's not got that, that burst of pace he used to have a few years ago. Or we've got um, Hayden Roberts that can play there. However, do you want two 19-year-olds playing at centre-back? Yeah, we had Jake Rooney playing against West Brom. That is true, but again, that's his first game. Can you do that every week? And that's the question. That's why I say I'd rather have just, even if it's just a short-term loan, just up until Christmas, just that sort of, you know, that, that, ex, that bit of an older head, older centre-back, someone that's just going to do you a job when called upon, basically. Yeah, it's an interesting point. So that's two. Well, where would be your third? Or was that Three. Yeah, three right back, <laughs> centre back, and a forward. Maybe a winger, sorry, maybe sorry. May, maybe another winger. Um, if Bar- if Barkhausen gets injured, you know what I mean. I know we've got Dobbin, but I like I'm greedy. I like to have two players for each position. So maybe another Hang left on. winger. But Hang on. so he wants. He's always said he wanted twenty in mm. the squad, didn't he? 
20 at the moment, really. 20 is plenty. And I think you must have been listening to our podcast, Simon, because we said that 20 is plenty. Yes. Uh, pre-season. And, you know, when you start going into the realms of 22 and 24 in the squad, yeah. that's a lot of people to keep happy. So if you look at the lineup that played against Peterborough and then look at the bench that we've just gone through and then add the people that are missing, which is um, Davis, um, Chester, and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. So you're looking at probably... What would that be? That be actually my maths is is pretty rubbish because that would be twenty two out of all of them. But I think that if you look at the bench realistically, I think Thompson would probably come off the bench. I think Jake Rooney would probably come off the bench. Mm. I think Scott Loach would probably come off the bench. Mm. Um, I also think that Duro may come off the bench, like you said, if if the right back comes. I'm, I'm with you on the right back. Mm-hmm. I think that Adoro has done okay of when he's come in. But I think he's on a two-year deal. I think the first year is all about focus on strengthening familiarity with the with a with the formation. Yeah, I think. Um, so I think you're right there. I, I think with Adoru playing football, attacking, he's fine with. You know, he's been working under Pep Guardiola. Let's be honest, one of the best managers in the world right now. Defensively wise. He does look like a bit of a vulnerability, and I think it's not. It's nothing to do with him. I think it's just his, as you said there, his strength or his lack of. Do you know what I mean? If you, I, I, and I think you know, there's just times where he gets pushed off the ball a little bit too easily. So I think, yeah, you're right. The first year was about developing, getting a bit stronger, getting a bit bigger, because um, there's no doubt he, he can play football. I think he looks good going forward. You know, from what I've seen of him. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think they'll be right back. Um, I think I think they'll look at the Anang situation quite closely um, will it be a case of bringing in a goalkeeper till January uh, yeah. and allowing Anang's arm to heal can we get Jack Butlin um, back on there like we did on McLaren well you never know you never know <laughs> um, there is quite a few keepers out there at the moment and Wildsmith does need that that competition um, I think with the back four I think Hayden Roberts could slot into Centre half. We haven't seen him play there. That's his natural position. Um, Cashin, Roberts, Stearman, Fozzy. You've, you've you've got four there that can certainly cover. Obviously, you've got Davis and and Chester to come in. So I think we're pretty much covered there. Midfield wise, I think you're right. I think we're we're heavy, yeah. and I think we're fine. Um, there's a lot of versatility there. Because like you said, if we get a, a right back in, Jason Knight can can go into his natural position. Touchwood that he that he stays with us. That makes it um, more even more interesting though. If we bring a right back in and he wants Jason Knight to play further forward, who's he coming for? You know what I mean? This then this is what we're talking about. It's it's this competition for places, it's keeping it healthy, giving Liam the, the chance to rotate the squad, rotate, you know, the players and uh, whether you say, as you said, match rotation, game rotation, whatever. And that's what you, that's what you want. I think that's what you need. You need you need yeah, a few numbers, don't you? You do. And now that we're in the the new rule set where you can have five substitutes in blocks of three, you can bring them block. You know, you can bring them sets on pretty much whenever you want. So you could pretty much change your formation or your eleven starting the second half quite quickly into a completely different style of football, a more aggressive football, or you could go more defensive. 
or it could go with width or we could go with and that's the beautiful thing about having a strong bench so i think we definitely definitely will bring in a striker I think the dilemma with that is is that there's obviously rumours that we're going for another Everton youngster, which is it, Tom Cannon. Yeah, I've heard seen a little bit. Um, I I'm not convinced that they'll go for a youngster. I, I'm convinced that they've they've got Dobbin for that for that model and Sibley. I think they could put a little bit of pressure on to to possibly get further up the field. I think they'll bring in an experienced head. Yeah, I saw I saw that. Uh, Mr. Nixon from the Sun tweeting that Derby looking to bring in an experienced striker, but because obviously if it doesn't happen, he doesn't say, well, I didn't say a name, did I? <laughs> so there's no, I didn't see any name put with him. So yeah, I think it's critical that we get another centre forward in. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll get another winger in as well. I think I think at the so moment you've gone from four to five now. So I went from three to four. You've gone from four to five. Sorry, I'll say four. I'll say four. Uh, let, let's let, let, let's leave the winger. I think there's an interesting point by Owen Holmes on Twitter, which is a really good point about obviously the loan market is now restricted because I think we're only allowed two more loans. Yeah. Um, and also the freebies pot is going to be now limited because let's be honest, most of the best freebies would have gone by now. Yeah. What's left? is either going to be unfit or need at least six to eight weeks to get up to match speed. Now, there's, there's an interesting dilemma, which I put to uh, someone today, and this where the similar conversation was. If, let's just say, if someone came in for one of our star players with a cash and player option, that still happens nowadays. Mm. You know, you could, you could say well, Burnley... We're seeing it at Chelsea, aren't they? With, um, yeah. What's his name? Gordon, is it? Yeah. They're looking... Well, Vidra. Look at Vidra. Vidra's still available. He's on a free. Um, but is he a nine, though? Sh- well, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. There's, there, there is always that argument that you could get someone knock on the door. And... Dave Nugent's still available. <laughs> You're taking the mickey now, mate. Um, <laughs> is, he, is he, though? Is he available? I think um, he might be. I don't know if he's retired just yet. Uh, but... But if someone came in for, say, Jason Knight with a silly offer plus mm. a body, it's like Lewis. I mentioned Lewis Grabbin to somebody mm. um, who is seen to have, I think he's a, available at the moment. Yeah, and I believe you ask yourself, he's a free, you know, I'm sure he is. Kyle, um, what's his name? Played for Forest, played Tyler for. Walker. Play for Birmingham. No. Tyson. Um, no, not Nathan Tyson. Oh, I'm gonna have no no. I'm gonna have to Google him. I, I spoke to him when he played he scored for Birmingham. He came on for Bur- uh, Tyler Blackett. Derby on on loan. Is it Tyler Blackett. And I'm trying No, what's yeah. his name? Oh I'll, it'll, it'll come to me. Well you Google it and I'll I'll send the listeners while you Google it. <laughs> So, listeners, are ready for some five-minute entertainment while Chris works out how to use his phone. No, um, so, okay, then, just on that, then, I was going to ask you anyway. Um, obviously, deadline day, we know action happens there. It, uh, it's one of them. Into, I, I still think we will – I do think this season we will bring people in on deadline day. I still think we'll be working until late deadline day, as we've seen us do before. 
Um, but... Lyle, Lyle Taylor. Oh, Lyle Taylor. There we go. Where'd you get Tyle, Tyler from? Well, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lyle Taylor. There we go. I'll come back to that question in a minute. Yeah, Lyle Taylor, I'd, I'd take him. He was he was brilliant for Charlton in League One before he got his move to Forest. Absolutely brilliant. And even, to be honest, even when he played against us, he always seems to score against us. I think he's a brilliant player. Um, at this level, he, he'll, he could be that difference between playoffs and automatics. I had an interesting conversation with him. Um when we drew with Birmingham, with Bielik did his overhead kick. Yeah. And um, he came off. Mm. He, he Tyler came off. He's, um, and, then, and then the game. Lyle, not Tyler. Um, Lyle, Lyle. I've been drinking today. It's been my mum's birthday. Give us a break, mate. Oh, happy I've birthday to you. Northern all day. Happy birthday, mum. I remember speaking to him at the end of the game. And... Um, we had a chat. I just said to him, you know, how, how he always seems to get a bit of sick at, at Derby. Um, I don't know if it's his style of hair or just the character he is. And he genuinely said he absolutely loves Pride Park. Yeah. You know, he lo- he loves it because it's the atmosphere that everyone wants to play mm. in. He said he'd rather play with it when yeah. it spurs him on when he's, when he's against it. And He's the kind of player that I think Derby would need. He's a he's a poacher. Yeah, he's got yeah. something to prove. But sorry, Simon, now I'm sending you thunder there. But you know, that's the guy that I was trying to remember. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, yeah, it's a good shout. So we're looking at two ex Forest players and have a Lewis Grabben or Al Taylor. <laughs> fine, fine. Well, they both because they both score goals. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are, who they play for. They both score goals as long as they're not flops like Robbie Earnshaw. I'm not bothered. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely take either one of them. So yeah, as I was saying, on deadline day. Do do you expect anybody to go? Do we need to sell anybody? Oh, oh, oh you know Chris! What? Want, you know what? I'm I'm going to say I think there'll be a surprise. Oh, you think so? I, was gonna I, I could be, I could be ridiculed. People ridicule me still that I think we're going to win the league. When we'll come to that, I just think there's going to be a surprise. Ultimately. We are a business. Yeah. We need to show the EFL that we're trading. Mm. For us, the long-term project, we need to be seen as if we're trading. And if yeah. we can bring in a really good pot of money for somebody who, let's be honest, perhaps deserves to play at a higher level, yeah. but in return it gives us a pot of money and a player coming the other way, mm. or the potential of keeping them on loan for the season, I think that you might see a surprise. I, I just think that Premier League clubs, lower end, and Championship clubs, upper end, are going to look at Derby squad, look at certain players. You're convinced go, Knight's going. Without you're convinced, aren't you? I just you've been adamant just, since since we started this show that since since we started this season, as in the podcast season. So he, even pre-season that he wouldn't be here. He's just a great player. Yeah. I just really like Jason Knight. I like Max Bird when he's on form. Mm. I like Sibley when he's on form. But there is ultimately there's vultures out there. Yeah. And if if a Watford, let's say a Watford came in with a parachute payment money, you know, they've already after I noticed they've already uh, signed someone from Udinese or they sold someone to Udinese yeah, for fifteen yeah. million and they've loaned them back some nonsense article. But let's just say they came in for Jason Knight for 10 million or Norwich came in for him or 
So that know, would be that I'm would be your price in ten minutes. So it's ten minutes. So we're looking at seven figures then. Well, what is he worth? Ultimately, he's a League One player. Exactly. But he's is. an international. He is. He is. And I, I'm not just saying that Jason Knight may be the one. Someone may come in for a cheeky Max Bird offer. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got suitors that are fans of him. Frank Lampard is struggling terribly at Everton. Yeah, but he needs a striker, not a midfielder. Yeah, well, they're, they're not created. No, true. <laughs> they're, they're not a very, they're not a good footballer team. Let's that, be honest. That, yeah, that to be honest, that was my fear. It would be someone like Everton Jason that would Nard's come in. in there. Yeah, well, he would without doubt. It. I didn't want to mention it earlier, but yeah, I think Lampard knows him. Lampard, Lampard was the one that obviously didn't. You know, he brought him into the first team squad. He didn't obviously didn't get a game, but. He brought him into the first team squad for that Leeds game. Thinks very highly of him. Um, obviously, you know, uh, like I say, Everton's struggling at the minute. So, yeah, and it'd be a big move for him. And, you know, it, it he's, the World Cup's coming up. Obviously, I'm, I'm not in, are they? No. No, Wales are. Ireland, not Ireland, yeah. Um, but obviously, with his, he wants Didn't to... Didn't Ireland get beat by Ukraine? No, they, they don't. They don't Scotland now, didn't they? No. Oh, I, can't where, where, remember. I can't remember who goes. But obviously, drinking. regardless, you know, he wants, you know, he's an international player. He'll want to be playing minimum the championship. If he can play premiership, you know, he, he'll, he'll want to play premiership and you can't, you, you know, you can't stop him. But yeah, so I think, and Everton, my, Everton's my biggest worry. Lampard struggling. And I'm thinking, looking at these players. I mean, he, I mean is, is John Terry's you no know, John Terry's not a villa anymore, is he? No. Um but even 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 someone like a villa and all, you know, they 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 would have had scouts there from when we played them, etc. You know, and, and they'll know that you know this, the kind of squad that we've got. I mean, to, to be honest, I even look at someone like Bournemouth as well. Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Scott Parker's struggling massively, and it, he'll know what you know, he'll know it's obviously we beat them. Last season, uh, beat one-one, drew one, didn't we? Yeah, drew away, won at won at home, if I remember rightly. Um, again, another team, obviously lower end of the Premier League, that will want support. And to 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 be honest, even you know, if someone like Knight or Sibley or Bird and Offer came in for them, they'd be they'd be daft not to want to go. It's the Premier League. You might only get one season in there, then get relegated. But you've played in the Premier League, then all of yeah. a sudden you can show the Premier League what you're all about. It goes back down to what he said, Simon, about if they bring in a right back, which I believe they will, that allows Jason Knight to be available. You've got a very heavy midfield. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, we've got to be a sustainable football club. We've got to show the EFL that we can bring in money, we can trade. Because Mm. what, what they're basically saying to Derby is, Yes, at the moment you are an embargo for spending, but you've got to show us. Mm. And I'm pretty sure within the business plan, there would have to be a strategy of of transfer activity. There yeah. have to be. Yeah, we can't. It's yeah. your revenue. Yeah, you can't. Ultimately. You can't not. You you cannot deal without transfer activity. Mm. And I just think that the the biggest dilemma is going to be: do they hold out for one season and go for broke and go for the league title mm. or do they cash in on a very silly offer because they may turn around and think well desperation may come in at Christmas yeah 
the Marby club's absolutely desperate at Christmas for a, a Max Bird, a Jason Knight, a Louis Sibley style player. Yeah, you and, put and, you can hoof the price right up then, can't you, in January? Absolutely. So there may be a tactic that they keep Knight and, and Bird and others away from the transfer activity mm. and gamble on keeping them, seeing where we're at in January. Well, then your dilemma comes again. Mm. We could be in a strong position in the top two or three. Yeah. And I think I think that's where it's always cost us, you know. In the January window where we've been when we're in the championship, when we were we were there top, you know, there or thereabouts, playoffs top of the league. And I think January has always been poor for us. You know, I look at that 14-15 season. We we who did we recruit? Van we de Saar, de Saar and whatever was it Desar? What's his name? That rubbish midfielder from Middlesbrough. It was Dessart, wasn't it? Oh, the Belgian lad. Yeah, yeah. Julian Dessart, that was it. He was yeah. awful. And we recruited Terrible. David Nugent, you know, and that, that that was it, pretty much. And you're thinking, come on, this this team you want to push for promotion, we, you know, you could do a strength and a little bit more than that. But obviously, I mean, I listened to a podcast with, uh, I think it was uh, Steve Bloom who did it with McLaren. It was either that one or another one I saw uh, McLaren on. But he was saying that he, he was promised in January he would get these players that he wanted. But ultimately, he didn't get that. And that's why they failed promotion. And I just don't want the same thing to happen. I think you, we've got to be smart. And yeah, maybe if we can hold out till January, hold out till January, then sell them for big money and recruit wisely, which, you know, ultimately, you, you, you can't do anything but congratulate the, the recruitment team on this window so far. Well, I don't, I don't think that they've done a wonderful job. The backroom staff, the, the recruitment is clearly being done by the analysis. Yeah. Because we haven't, we haven't got a recruitment team in there. No. And we we had this discussion, didn't we, off, off the microphone at Radio Derby this week, that um, I think that they should tap into Darren Robinson's knowledge. Yeah. Clearly, he's got incredible knowledge. Um, love to get him on the show because I, I find him fascinating, absolutely fascinating, of, of stories and clubs that he's been at and, and, and scenarios and dilemmas about to look at and how they recruit players but ultimately we have a player or two that is a top quality player in mm. a lower league yeah at a club at a club who is rebuilding mm. financially yes we're pushing for promotion but we are at that stage where David Klaus has to run the club as a sustainable business. This is a long-term you know, recovery. Yeah. And it has to show the AFL that we are going to be there wanting to trade. We want to obviously bring in players. So so there could be a player swap. There could be some money. I think it's I think Derby, I think we need to be sitting there till eleven o'clock or whenever it is uh, at night, um, watching and listening. Because I think Derby, normally we're not involved, are we? No, but I have a feeling. I just have a feeling that this year will be heavily involved, and I think that Liam's made that aware as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it then. So, what is it? Twenty, four days, four days until the deadline. It's going to be. I think it's going to be. So, anyway, we will. I will ask you. I know. It's, I know we're only six games in, forty games left. But you, or you made a obviously, um, had a comment today, didn't you, on the on the old, on the old Twitter as you do. You like to you like to speak <laughs> your mind, don't you? You love it, don't you? You Why can't not? help it. 
I just yeah. I just hate negative in life. I'm I'm a very positive guy and I don't like negativity. This people is say true. to me this con there is common sense. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who are knowledgeable about football out there, but I'm I, I'm a strong believer. Go ahead. Go what ahead. Did I say? So what did I say? Your tweet then, Mr. Cr- oh, this was yesterday actually after the win. Okay, so I went out on a limb pre-season and said we'd get promoted. I got laughed at by thousands. Exaggerating, mate. Hundreds. Okay, hundreds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't pretty today. Obviously, talking about the game, not flowing, but good teams win through adversity and with serious belief and balls. This team has both. We'll, we we will be there. Come on, your your new Rams. So you still think promotion then, or are you thinking where are you thinking then promotion playoffs or? Or are we saying automatics or what? Oh, saying that. And then obviously Mark, Mark, sorry, this is the comment I'm going to read out later on, but yeah, I'm reading out. Mark, Mark uh, Cooter, Mark Nor- Norway Mark on Twitter replied. He says, I'm with Chris. Automatic. So he still remembers your automatics. Obviously Mark's a, Mark's a very, uh, he's, a, he's an avid listener of the show. We, we are picking up points while we're still getting to know each other. When it clicks, we'll be unstoppable. We need a right back and winger slash striker for more squad depth. But first team is, uh, but first team is everyone stays fit are going to be unstoppable. So Mark's with you. He still thinks we're automatics. Do you think we're going to be the champions? On paper, I said it on Wednesday night, on paper, this squad pisses this league. It, I didn't say that on Radio Derby, but I'm going to say it on my show. <laughs> but it does. This, this team pisses this league. On on paper, that squad does. Without doubt, this is the best squad. I don't give it, I'm not bothered about your Sheffield Wednesday, your Peterbridge, your Plymouth, all of them that are in the top six. This squad pisses this league on paper. It It does. It's a poor league. It's I, a shocking I, I, I was, league. Poor league. I, I tweeted today and I can't remember um, exactly what I put. But I think I put something about of what we've seen so far. Nothing should frighten anybody. Mm. You know, we've seen we've seen three, four teams that will be challenging. Charlton, yeah. Barnsley, Oxford and Peterborough. I'm not convinced on Charlton. No, I know. I, I agree with you. And, and of the others, Barnsley look average. Uh, Peterborough looks strong and I think they'll be there or thereabouts. And then Oxford, I think, will not be pushing as high as people think. No. And then you look at the teams who we haven't seen yet. Um, Ipswich are obviously are going well, which I'm not surprised. It's about time the amount of yeah. strength and, and the squad they have. Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth, Plymouth, Bolton, Wickham, I don't really care about, you know, that's another story we've had this week. And, you know, I think I've just got a feeling that their chairman won't be. If I tell you what, he's got some balls if he comes to our, if he comes oh, to Pride Park. Oh, yeah. He's got he's got some cojones if he comes to Pride Park. But I don't fear them. I think the league is, I, I, I'm not going to swear on this podcast because there'll be children listening, but I don't think it's very good. And I think there's probably 15 teams that are basically, hopefully, surviving or looking at mid-table. You know, you, you look at the teams that we played, Fleet, um, you look at Fleetwood, you look at Shrewsbury, and you just think to yourself, well, they're not going to be anywhere. You look at Burton. Yeah, yeah. Having a, awful. You're having a dreadful time. Awful. You know, yeah, there should be nothing, Simon, should there really? So I, I go around and say, if we're not challenging for the crown, I, I, I will be disappointed. I think that adversity, when I say adversity, what this club has gone through mm. will 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 fuel our players 
like no other team in this in this league. Yeah, yeah. They 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 have got an energy from the the most incredible, amazing, loyal fans in this league. Mm. They've got an energy that will just look what happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Well, Liam look, said we sucked the ball in twice. Yeah. Look what happened. Mm. Yeah, and they don't give up, they, do they? They don't give up, and they didn't give up last year. And adversity has a massive effect on people. Mm. These these players have got so much to prove. They've got so much to prove. They've got a loyal fan base. They want to get back in the championship. They got ridiculed. They got hammered by bad press last year through no fault of their own. They gave it everything and ultimately came short by a couple of games. Yeah. But they've brought in, like you said, quality. And I mean quality. Yeah. yeah. So I like your tweet about the Irish contingent. Good, isn't them, it? Internationals. <laughs> yeah. Great tweet, mate. I, I was impressed. Um, your photoshopping <laughs> ability is pretty good as well. It's not bad, but, is it? But, yeah, but but you you look at that squad and you, you look against the, the league, you know, so far what I've seen, Charles have got to come to us. Mm. Yeah, it's, the the Fleetwoods have got to come to us. Your Shrewsbury's have got to come to us. You know, I, I just don't see it, Simon. What do you think? I just don't see us being below the top two. And I, I still, people are going to mm. take the rip out of me if this goes horribly wrong. But I still believe that we'll be lifting a trophy. I, I, I really do. I, I, see, I, I always said, first of all, obviously I said mid-table. Now I've changed my playoff. Now I'm not changing. I'm still at playoffs. <laughs> I'm still staying playoffs. And the only reason is until our, until our away form improves and until we start scoring goals with ease, I am not convinced yet. As I said, on paper, this team pisses the league, but we're not playing on paper. We're playing on the pitch. Um, and I just think we either need another striker or we need Collins or whoever. We we just we just, you know we've 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 had the luxury now. We've got four home games in a row. Well, two down now, two to go. Obviously, that's the uh, AFL Trophy on the weekend uh, Tuesday. on Tuesday. Sorry, jumping ahead of myself here. Um, and then obviously Plymouth next weekend. Now. That's what, and, and I, obviously these four games at Pride Park, we're trying to establish Pride Park as a fortress at the moment we are doing this. And I know it's only the AFL, only the AFL, the, what is it, Papa John's trophy, but, you know, we still got to go there and win. If, if we lose, we lose, but I, I wouldn't want to lose at Pride Park against Grimsby Town, you know, in the AFL trophy. No disrespect to Grimsby, but that's, you know, but then we've got Morecambe away and Lincoln away. So two again, tough. Plymouth in between, haven't we? No, we've got, yeah, we've got Derby, yeah, we've Grimsby, Plymouth, then Morecambe and Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and then we finish the month with um, Wickham. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we haven't. Then we've got Wickham. We've got loads of games in September. Crikey me. Have you seen oh, this? We've got literally... It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Plymouth, Plymouth at home, Morecambe away, Lincoln away, Wickham at home, Man City at home in the, in the AFL Trophy. Um, that's under twenty ones, by the way, not their first team. Wow! Imagine De Bruyne and Haaland playing in the AFL Trophy. Um, Cheltenham at home, Cambridge away, Port Vale at home, Accrington away. That's going to be a very tough game. Oh, sorry, that goes into October there. So yeah, up to Cheltenham. So Cheltenham's our last game in September. You know, so it's a heavy fixture list, and this is why I think we need to just add a three or four more players in just to bolt the squad out a little bit more so we've got that depth because we know we can then call on you know if somebody gets injured we can call on the likes of Liam Thompson we can call on the likes of um, of, of Rooney um, you know so I just think get recruitment right and 
get a striker in, just even just to push Collins, you know. I'm not, I like Collins. Don't get me wrong. I love his tenacity. He's a horrible git. All he does all, day, all game is fight. You know, he, he like, like you said, he pushes defenders around, you know, he makes it hard for them. He does all the dog work, he, you know, and I love all that about him. I just want him to put the ball in the net. You know, so he might have signed her on like I don't have faith in him. I just, but I just, I want my striker scoring as well as doing the hard work. But yeah, I, I just, I just still think unless we can say if, if, the thing is, you know, if we beat Morecambe and Lincoln away, I'll probably change my mind and go, yeah, that's it. The away, the away rot is is ended. That's it. We're going to absolutely walk this league now. You know, give me 102 points or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the interesting thing is about the league, and the only thing that perhaps goes against the grain is Cambridge. But if you look at the league at the moment, the, the top six, mm. you'd have probably said would have been there or thereabouts, which is Portsmouth, Ipswich, Chef Wednesday, Peterborough, Plymouth, Derby, mm. in that order. And then you've got Cambridge at seventh. And then you've got Charlton at eighth at nine points. They're five points behind already, mm. Portsmouth. Yeah. And then that drops off to Exeter, Bolton in tenth. I know, we, I, I know people are going, oh, we've only played five games, six games. I'm just saying that there's a pattern starting to... To, to show because yeah. the pattern comes then with your likes of Accrington's, your Wickham's, your MK Dons, your Fleetwoods, your Bristol Rovers, Barnsley. Uh, um, a lot of them are, are uh, they're, they're winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a there's quite a lot of draws mm. I've noticed in in the league. There's just a much of a muchness between positions thirteen to sort of twenty. You know, within one point you've got. 11th on seven points and 20th on six points. And then it drops off to clearly whipping boys of the, of the season, which are going to be Cheltenham, Forest Green, Morecambe and Burton, you know, just happen to be the four clubs who are the smallest yeah. in, in the league and with the lowest budgets. So already the league is showing you that money and size does matter. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it just goes back down to what I was saying, you know, it's a slightly different element in the championships where people say you can't really look at the league until Christmas. Mm. But I think I think League One is different. I think League One is not a great league. I think mm. it's an exciting league because we're we're going to places uh, that we've never been before. But the league doesn't lie, and I just think that the pattern is already there. And mm. I think the five above us, and I'd probably throw in Bolton as a, as a possible. I think will be. Yeah, the seven challenging for the title. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you, we are looking. You know, you look at that, and I think we, I think we said at the start of the season those were the teams to watch. Would have been Peterborough, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Wickham. I didn't. I didn't have Plymouth up there to be honest. Not gonna lie, um, but Portsmouth as well and Ipswich. You know, we we mentioned them, and that, that's obviously how it is forming. So finally, we'll just before we end the show. Um, Obviously, Liam Senior is our interim manager, and he's had eight games with us as interim manager. One four, drawn is I think it's one four, drawn three, lost one. <laughs> now, when does it get to the stage? You know, I'm going to say yeah. You already know, but when does it get to the stage where you know? I'll just double check his stats. One, two, three. Four five. Sorry, one five. I knew I knew the math didn't add up. One five drawn to lost one. So he's had a good start, very good start. Now I'm a bit concerned with 
you know what manager you know what managers especially in the championship are like but what is he in Stoke sat yeah. there manager yep um Sunderland have lost their manager I'm not surprised with Sunderland manager because they only gave him a rolling contract didn't they yeah but my fear is Liam's name's going to be mentioned i I think I read how I don't know how accurate the thing was, but I read yesterday on Twitter that Sunderland are interested in the senior. How many games do we give him? Two more games. You said ten games on Radio Five Live before we give him the permanent job, or do we give it him now? I knew you were going to mention the Sunderland job because that is a big job. It's a huge job. Yeah. Um. I'm still convinced they'll go for a former Sunderland player. I think they'll... Bring now Quinn out of, out of retirement. <laughs> Kevin Phillips would be one that comes to mind. Interesting, because Kevin Phillips, actually, he was on TalkSport a few months ago, I heard him now, and he said he was looking to get into management. Yeah. And I... I they're going to be sniffing it. I went stoked when Stoke announced they were looking for a manager. That's when I worried, because mm. he wouldn't have to move house. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say that it was great to see Liam and David Clowes at the women's game today. Mm. Uh, they drew one all with Liverpool Feds last minute equaliser. Amy Sims, I think, got it. Yeah, and she, um, she, she had a blinding start, and she three goals yeah. and two appearances. Yeah, Not bad for a right back that they've now put a centre forward. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's an interesting tweet or a, a, a comment on Facebook from Alison Cope, who's involved with the football club at, at the ladies. Who said that uh, she spent all day with them at, at the well, certainly all match with them? And she said that they're grounded, realistic, sensible, passionate, and ambitious, and they're excited uh, for the future, both the men's and the, and the women's football club. I think Liam will, I think it'll be a 10 game to 10 league games. There, there has to be, I still think there has to be something more to it. So you, your. Yeah, so you're saying end of September then? Yeah, well, uh, he's buying all these players. This is it. He's buying all these players have come in to play for him. Well, your transfer window still isn't closed for a start. So if he brings in, if he brings in two or three more players, yeah, Mm -hmm. and he has another four league games and is successful with those four league games, and we get three out of four wins, Mm -hmm. there, there is there is no argument other than give him the job. I just wonder whether he's got the interim role for more of a a reason behind the scenes that we don't know about, yeah, whether okay. it's something to do with an EFL criteria, whether it's a business plan, whether until David has got a proper board in place um, yeah, yeah. And, and they have a vote on it. Because I don't think David wants to be like the former owner who there was him and a another person on the board. Yeah, yeah, and they made all the decisions. I just wonder if David wants to get a structure in place, a board of four or five members. Well, it has to be it has to be an odd amount of numbers to get uh, a voter, um, yeah. and then they'll vote on him. But I, I think Liam's done a phenomenal job. Um, he, I think the club means more to him than 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 people take granted for, and I think that a Sunderland come knocking on the door. They've, they've, they've got a history of not being that loyal. Yeah, yeah, they have. So they've got a very young owner. He's that young Swiss lad, isn't he? Yeah. Is it early is, 30s? I think he's the early, younger than that, isn't he? But yeah, he's that, yeah, he's a crazy, got a crazy amount of money. Yeah, so 
it, it, it could be an interesting uh, few days if they've been linked to him. I just hope that this has been seen by David, and I'm sure it has. Yeah. And Liam is very calm about it all. He hasn't come out and said, look, I've proven me worth what more do you want? Mm. There's a there's a bigger picture to this. And I think I think a lot of it's to do with structure. I think once the football structure's in place, we have no recruitment in place yet. We have no director of football. Mm. We have we have a Klaus development board currently in place mm. running, but I'm pretty sure that you'll have a footballing board mm. in place at some point. So personally, Simon, I'm waffling a bit, but I think uh, he's fine. I think he'll be the permanent manager at Derby next. I don't know what your your thoughts are. Yeah, I I, I think you know I I I I'm with you. I'm saying to, I, I'm. I, Again, tank, uh, uh, give it, give him the transfer window. Let that close. You know he's bought the players he wants in, or you know he's he's interested in. There was a big list, obviously we know from last season. Um, get them in. I'd say have a couple of games, you know, just to prove that you know it's not a fluke. <laughs> you know, um, give give those players that you know because obviously they're going to want the assurance that if they're signing to play for Liam Senior, they're signed to play for Liam Senior. So yeah, let him have let him have a few a couple more games and give him the role permanently. I, I don't think I'm worried about him leaving simply by, for the fact that he has been here for three years now. He's worked his way up from the bottom to the job he wants. He's got that job now. I think he, I think he loves this club. I think he's growing an affinity with his club. You hear the way he talks about his club, this squad, the staff, the, the kitchen staff, everybody. He talks about it as a club, the women. doesn't matter who it is. And I, I just think he's ready to settle and build something here. At Derby, so I I generally don't think he will be interested in, in leaving if a, if 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 an offer did come in for him. That's that's my that's my final thoughts. I'd love to know what you guys think on that. So when you're here, when on the link when I put it down, comment comment. Think if you think Liam Senior will stay or will he go <laughs> if a job well, came in. Just quickly, sir, before we yeah. go, Sean Dyche is two to one on to get the Sunderland job. Um, oh, that's all right. That's a relief. And then they've got uh, Duncan Ferguson up there, Darren Ferguson up there. Um, it doesn't. Liam Racine is not actually mentioned. Um, looking at them, oh, Roy Keane, Keane up there, oh, gosh, yeah, man. yeah, Solshire. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't actually mention Liam, so we might be safe. Betting odds brought to you by RamsWriterBet.com. <laughs> <laughs> Have a new business here, mate. <laughs> no, I think Di- I think I think, Di- I think Dyche will get it. I think if they've got any common sense, yeah, they'll yeah. Uh, they'll go for Dyche. Magic. So there we are. Then a good win, and I think that's that's to me though. That's it. it. Is we have to win these games. We didn't play particularly well. Liam said worst performance of the season, but a win's a win. That's all it matters. Three win. points Correct. on the board. And we, as we said, we go to Grimsby on Tuesday night. I think we're going to get a bit of a. A bit of a weakened squad, but I still think we'll, we'll, we'll do what we do and the AFL trophy will. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about it next week, actually, because otherwise I'm going to get into another hour's conversation about it. <laughs> <laughs> to well, be honest. Hopefully, we've got a guest lined up for next week as well, so people aren't bored with our two voices. This is very true. Yes, we are working on a couple, so don't worry, guys. Yeah. It won't just be us two forever. But anyway, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Chris, thank you again for, for your time tonight. Um, yeah and as always like share subscribe give us your feedback we love that we like to know if you if we're rubbish or if you're actually enjoying the show um 
And as always, come on, Darby. We'll see you next time.